Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. However you hear the show today, whether it's on the broadcast, the rebroadcast, or the podcast, know that we've prayed. We've prayed that the things that we say today will cause two things to happen. Number one, help you do a better job connecting what you hear on Sunday with what you do all week long. Secondarily, that what you hear today, you may get the idea that, you know what? I would like to do that in my part of the country. How do I get that done? That would be phenomenal. Today, we have a rare opportunity that I'm hoping becomes less rare over the coming years. We're going into the Northeast, the northeastern part of the United States of America, which is a place that we know the Lord is moving amazingly. I just have had a harder time getting great stories out of there. Today, we're going to New York City to hear how the Lord is moving in the hearts and the minds of Christ followers in their workplaces all over the city. Now, we need to remember that New York City is Huge, And this is just one ministry. But when you hear about the phenomenal things like this ministry, you should be wildly encouraged. Because what you hear about in one little bit is usually multiplied a hundred or a thousand times over. You just don't hear about all those things. God is on the move in New York City. Hallelujah. Today we focus on the educational, motivational, equipping ministry of the VOCA Center, a ministry directed by Dr. Chip Roper. Check him out online at VOCACenter.com, VOCACenter.com. Dr. Chip Roper, welcome to I Work For Him. Great to be here, Jim. You know, Chip, I really can't wait for people to hear about the VOCA Center and all that you're up to, but I always love to just bring it back to a common denominator. Talk to us about how you came to be a follower of Jesus. Sure. Well, I was um, I was raised in a, a, a family of faith and uh, very engaged in church. Great parents, uh, but by the time I was a, a late teen, I was not interested in faith. I was interested in uh, making a name for myself and uh, just going out and kind of grabbing the world by the tail. And I, you know, I really had to go through some experiences to learn a very hard lesson. And the lesson was that I am not uh, competent at running my own life. And um, so, you know, I just worked all the time, chased fun all the time, and found that um, none of that really delivered the life I, I hoped for. And so that led me in my early 20s into a season of seeking, you know, and, and, and really really kind of dialing back and saying, God, if you're real, you need to show me. I, I don't want to just uh, paste on I don't want to paste on faith. I want it to be a real hard thing. And over about the course of the year, I, I prayed that prayer. I, you know, I sought resources and did a bunch of research and reading, and, and ended up spending a lot of time in the Gospel of John. And there wasn't a moment, Jim, there, but there was just this gradual dawning that, you know, at the end of the day, Jesus is really who He says He is, mm-hmm. and the fact that that's true really changes everything. <laughs> it changed everything for me. I lo- the fact that that is true changes everything, and it really does. When, when you know, we've got so many renowned atheists in the last hundred years that have gone out to prove that what Je- that, that everything about Jesus is false, that all of it is just made up, and they've gone out to prove it. And so many of them have come to the conclusion: Wow, uh, this is real. Uh, this changes everything. This shifts the, per- the the permanent shift in the paradigm, as the case for Christ demonstrated earlier this year in a movie. So how did you exactly. learn that connection then 
between your faith and your work because a lot of churches don't talk about you know they, they're they're really good at equipping you for that five percent of your life that you're within the walls of the church but very few churches are really good at equipping us for 95 percent of our life so where did you learn that connection between faith and work so I don't. I mean, it's, a, it's an, in, an interesting question in the sense that, so in one sense, uh, the house I grew up in, there never was a separation of faith and work, even though it wasn't explicit. As you said, it wasn't explicitly talked about in our church. My dad, especially, um, my dad was a scientist. He, um, he was a metallurgical engineer, which is very hard to say fast or backwards. But anyway, he was. He worked with steel. He he designed. He knew how to make steel and how to uh, how to how to shape the the, the manufacturing process of steel to give that steel certain properties. And he, he never lived a dichotomy. He never viewed his work as like, you know, a secondary calling or, or not a calling. He just he viewed it as part of what God put him on this earth to do. And I remember some times when he'd have challenges at work, and it was, it was more often a people challenge than a technical challenge, but he would tell us, you know, to pray about it for him and that kind of thing. So he never... He didn't. He, you know, work was a positive thing that God had given him to do. That God was involved in. That's what I grew up with, and which is, I think, fairly rare. But that's what that was part of that. And then, you know, on the on the backside of my my spiritual awakening, um, I didn't really think about it either. I was I had a small contracting business at the time. I you know I was all in uh, to following Christ, and I just felt like I should commit my work to God every day and. Customers I interacted with, and so forth. So I didn't, in that sense, I didn't. I didn't have like a an intellectual divide between Sunday and Monday. Praise God! I'm glad you didn't waste any time with that. I, I unfortunately wasted a lot of time with that intellectual divide, that that segmenting of my life. So praise God for that. So talk to On me the about other the other hand. I was gonna, well, I was just going to say, just to fill in the kind of ensuing, you know, twenty plus years is that. Um, but I didn't really. I didn't. I was. I then left construction. I was a pastor for 20 years, and um, I didn't realize there was a formal effort to bring those two together uh, until probably 2010 or 11. Um, so I just, two, two degrees from seminary, lots of church conferences. I mean, that there's not a lot, like as you said earlier, there's just not a lot of people talking about this, and which is, you know, why your radio show is so great. Uh, so I didn't, you know, just even those terms were, were new to me, and I'm, I'm it's it's eight eight years or so now that I've been aware of this conversation. So, what led you to be connected to the Voca Center? Talk to me. Talk to me about your leading there, and then I can't wait to hear about the Voca Center. So, what led you there? So, uh, I was really I really felt it was really New York. Uh, it was um, we left uh, pastoral ministry in the suburbs of Philadelphia, moved to New York in twenty end of twenty fourteen, and so part of it's about cities because cities I, I think are places of connection and influence culturally. And, and the other piece was that I was brought on uh, to to my, our parent organization, the New York City Leadership Center. I was brought on to start um, something that would help people connect their faith and their work in a way that would impact the city. And um, so over the years of, of doing that, you know, as we've iterated, listened to people and listened to God and trying to figure out what is this all about and how do we frame it, um, you know, a friend, a business friend said, you know, Chip, this is really all about the concept of calling. Um, too many people are going to work every day without a sense of calling. And that really clicked for me, Jim. I just thought that was one of those statements like, yeah, that's true. And and that's what led to the renaming of what we're doing here as VOCA Center, because VOCA is short for vocation. 
and that's the that's the Latin for calling, and it's this idea, you know, that that there's a, divine, a robust divine purpose for our work, and um, you know, we can discover that and we can operationalize it. And when we do discover it, it shifts our paradigm permanently. When we understand the calling in our lives that God had given us this unique set of gifts, talents, and abilities, and that we had a we have an identity that he created on purpose and a destiny that he really has for us. So talk to me about the VOCA Center. Then this, you know, at this point in time, people just know that they got to go to the website if they want to check it out, VOCACenter.com. But what is it all about? So we help people find and follow their vocational calling. So that's about discovery and implementation. And, you know, sometimes we'll say it's, it's about your next day of work and it's about your next career move. It's about both of those things. And so when you talk about your next day of work, it's questions about, well, why does our work matter to God? Because it does, no matter what work we do. It doesn't, doesn't matter. And then when we talk about our next career move, uh, frequently, and this is what happened for me as well, you know, we, we find ourselves in a specific job and we really don't even know how we got there. And a lot of times when folks start to turn over their work lives to Christ and they say, they seek his leading in that area of their life and their vocational, they seek God's vocational leading they end up making a change. And uh, that happens pretty frequently. Not all the time, but pretty frequently. So we, we talk about your next day of work and your next career move. And we walk people through questions, you know, to help them help them answer those questions and get a sense of alignment. Now, the way I'm working and where I'm working are aligned with God's plan for my life. And how... Well, okay, I'll wait for this question when we come back, but I really want to know, how do people find you? And when you get those people, what wide variety of people are you helping? And I know we've got some people calling in today that have been touched by the ministry of the Volca Center, and I'm excited about hearing their stories, their testimonies. But I'm really excited about you guys hearing from Dr. Chip Roper about the Volca Center in New York City. The Volca Center focused on helping people find and follow their vocational calling. And Chip Roper, you've got some people calling in today to kind of share their stories. We've got Marcy Miller on the line. Can you introduce her for us? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, Marcy's actually a friend. Uh, we met at church, and she's been in the process of a career transition after uh, a really storied career in the U.S. Army. And uh, so we got introduced as she was kind of processing what was next, and we've had a great, a great interaction with each other, and it's exciting to see how you know a picture has begun to emerge about what God has for Marcy. Very good, Marcy Miller. Welcome to I Work for Him. Thank you very much. Well, I'm so excited to have you, and and I'm just grateful that you take a little time to to share with us, and, and thank you for your service. So many years of service at retiring. I mean, did you do twenty plus years? Yes, sir. Almost twenty five years. Wow, awesome. Thank you for doing that. All right, talk to me about your experience at the Volca Center. How did you, because we just heard how you heard about the Volca Center, how did they help you understand the vocational gifting, the vocational calling on your life? Um, well, it was an absolute game changer for me to be linked up with Dr. Chip. Um, as he said, he and I go to church together, and I was actually in the process of applying for a ministry job at the church, which is about as different from what I had done for the prior 25 years, as you can imagine. So Dr. Chip and I sat down, went through multiple um, different assessment tools that he had, and spent a lot of time with he and I in counseling, um, just kind of deciding how to use the skill sets and the gifts that I had already um used in the military and try to transition those to this new career field that I was looking at. And so Dr. Chip was really very instrumental in taking my life from 
um, a pretty structured 25-year environment in the military to ministry life, which is an entirely different <laughs> a uh, walk, an entirely different career field. So what was the biggest thing, Marcy Miller, that you learned about yourself? I mean, you, being a retired military professional, you you went through tons of training, went through tons of, had tons of experiences. I imagine you, you were involved in a couple of wars. Because in in your time there, you would have had the, the uh, Gulf War. You'd have had Afghanistan. You'd have, half, you'd have had Iraq. So many other things. What did you learn new about yourself as you went through the the uh, the training, the the education at the Volca Center? Well, I had, I had taken many skills assessments, obviously through that twenty five year Army career, but very focused on a specific set of skills. And so you always thought about things in a very specific genre about how you were going to use those skills. And and so Dr. Chip and I were able to suss out what the callings were that were embedded in those skills. And so a skill set as as to say leadership would be used completely different in my ministry field versus the way that I used it in the Army. And so he was really able to take those skill sets and talents that we identified that I had used in the Army for 25 years and then show me how I was going to be able to use those more effectively in a ministry field. Um, and he was able to really make those connections for me, which is something I had never thought about. Well, but you are already 25 years in the ministry in the Army. I mean, really, when you look at it, you had opportunity to do a lot of ministry, I imagine, in those 25 years. But shifting the paradigm out of an out of an army paradigm into a ministry into a church ministry paradigm very very big difference but what did you learn how did this experience at the Volca center it just expand your your wisdom spiritually or or, or even deepen your faith what, how did that impact your faith absolutely um very much impacted my faith it's very different to be counseled by someone who's counseling you from a prayerful perspective, from a perspective of what God wants you to do next. And so we weren't just having discussions about skill sets and assessments. We were having discussions about how to to figure out your calling, how to pray for those things, how to bring mentorship and counseling into your life that will help you identify those next steps. Um, And so really, in the Army, I knew that I was doing what God wanted me to do, but Chip helped me see the ways that that God was changing my heart, changing my focus, and, and so to be able to really listen to those um, to those inner prayers and really listen to what God was telling me the next steps were, um, and so He was really instrumental in me being able to make that that complete change to a, what's what a, what's a pretty unrecognizable existence now versus what it was even three years ago. Marcy Miller, what are those next steps? What did you learn from God as you went through all this and He speaks into your heart? What did you learn that your next steps are? Um, I've learned that I'm going to be a full-time seminary student, which I have already started, and so this is my first full semester in seminary. I'm also working as a women's minister for Lower Manhattan Community Church. Um, Dr. Chip was very instrumental in us deciding what my role would be in the church and the skill sets that I would bring to the table and how we would how we would work that out um, for the next steps in ministry. So wading into full-time ministry and wading into full-time seminary um, are my two next things that I'm doing. and wouldn't be doing any of that without the Focus Center, without Dr. Chip's counseling. So what, what seminary did you enroll in? I am enrolled in Alliance Theological Seminary. It's part of Nyack College, but it's, um, their campus is, is in Lower Manhattan. Nice. Well, that makes the commute somewhat easier. And, and what yes, do you think your focus will be on? Uh, I'm humbled by you calling me, sir. You're the one that was the, the, the you know, lieutenant colonel. That's incredible. All right. Talk to me about what, what, what's your focus going to be, your study focus when you go to seminary? My study focus is urban ministry will be the master's degree with a counseling track. And so I will hopefully be able to to finish this master's degree and 
continue to deepen my work at Lower Manhattan Community Church and working with the women and doing a pastoral care role there in the church. And so that's what our next steps are. Well, when Chip and I do a show a year from now, a year and a half from now, we follow up. We're going to bring you back and find out how that urban ministry is going, how that urban women's ministry is going. I want to hear about those next steps. Marcy Miller, thanks for calling in and sharing just a little bit about your experience at the Voca Center. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It's got to be fun, Chip, just to hear the excitement in Marcy's voice that, that she really she learned some things about herself and about God and about her next steps because of your involvement in her life. That's fantastic. It's really humbling, actually. Um, we, you know, we had a great, great several you know, series of meetings. It's one of the things that we do in VOCA is we offer one-on-one coaching. We think that's the most you know, direct, straight-at-it way to, to answer some of these questions. And so, you know, we spent a number of hours together uh, working through some tools to help her understand how she was gifted and then applying it to the options she was she was uh, considering. And it was just it was so exciting to see how helpful it was. And and as you can, you know, Marcy's a great leader. She's a great leader before we ever met before we ever met her. And so it was just an honor to work with her. Fantastic. All right. Now we got another caller, Edwin Deppner. He's called in. Would you introduce Edwin, please? So Ed, Edwin's a friend, um, and we met in Manhattan, and uh, he's come on. He's a volunteer, sort of, sort of volunteer. He's like he's our events guy. He helps us. He helps us create awesome events at Voca Center, and um, so we met and we've connected and we hang out at holidays and so forth. And um, he also he came to New York a few years ago. You'll probably ask him about that. But as he did, he was kind of trying to figure out what's next, um, and. That just uh, naturally led into a, a VOCA conversation about how he's wired and what God wants him to do. Edwin Deppner, le- welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks. All right, so talk to me about what what did the VOCA Center help you learn, Edwin, about yourself and about your vocational gifting? So I'm, I'm a little bit of a different cat. I grew up uh, in, in the West Coast. And um, I was a, a diagnosed dyslexic and ADHD kid, and I struggled a lot with vocation and education skills. And when I sat down and I took a large test from uh, Chip the Voca Center, it's called the Highlands Ability Battery Test. And it just kind of helped me understand weaknesses and strengths. Most things I already knew, uh, but they kind of formatted them in a way in which I could understand the abilities that I had in a way that was kind of a spiritual sense. So I knew I was good with people. I knew I enjoyed doing stuff. Chip saw that in me right away. That's why I helped him coordinate events. <laughs> so when all that kind of came together, it was just sort of a, it was a focal center for me to kind of understand what the next steps were. And Chip totally coached me into those areas and those uh, directions and just helped me kind of make those steps gradually to the right direction. So tell me what Edwin, what the biggest thing you learned about yourself as you went through this, the assessments, and as you started really listening to the Lord, and as you listening to Chip, and you listen to the, the the people that you're working alongside, what was the biggest thing you learned about yourself as you went through uh, the really the experience at the Voca Center? I think the biggest thing I learned about myself was you have to give yourself areas to allow yourself to fail. Most people learn from their failures. And a weakness doesn't always mean that you have to, you know, go to school or take a bunch of training and make your weaknesses as good as your your, your sort of God-given skills and strengths. 
So I think the biggest thing I learned was is to sort of set set the proverbial crowbar down of beating myself up and allow those areas that I'm naturally gifted in to figure out where it fits and what God's purpose and call was for me. That's a tough lesson to learn, Edwin, for anybody, any age, that we need to embrace our failures. <laughs> because it is true. If you look at all the great leaders in history, they all had a lot mm. of failures before they ever had their successes, or they had failures alongside their successes. And we all need to Absolutely. embrace those things. All right, we're talking today with Dr. Chip Roper about the VOCA Center in New York City. And Chip, let's just, we got a lot of people to join us after the bottom of the half hour. Let's just give, a, 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 a again, a rehash of what the VOCA Center is all about. Sure, Jim. It's great to be here. Uh, the VOCA Center helps people find and follow their vocational calling. You know, that's, you know, we help people understand what God's multidimensional purpose is for their work and then live that out in the context of their job. You know, and sometimes we say we help people understand God's purpose for their next day of work and for their next career move because those two things get sometimes intertwined and and so that's what we do we're kind of in the business of next well a lot of people get to that spot in their lives you know somewhere between 35 and 55 where we would call it on this show halftime because that's where i was at 37 where i came to that spot where i'm like yeah you know i don't think i'm going to keep pursuing this american dream because i see it's got a lot of holes in it and it doesn't it's not really scriptural and i read that book halftime and it, it all of a sudden shifted my life from pursuing success to pursuing significance. And that's really what you guys are helping people do at the VOCA Center. You're helping people go, all right, if I'm going to reshift, if I'm going to really stop for a minute, stop and be quiet and hear the voice of the Lord and be directed through some assessments to find out who did God create me to be and what did he create me to be doing? That's what you guys are doing all day long, isn't it? Absolutely. Yep. What a gift that is. Now, I've got Edwin Deppner on the line, and he was sharing a little bit of his story right before the break. And, Edwin, you said that you that you really learned that it was okay to fail, that it was okay to, to set up areas where it was okay to fail. How did this experience with the Volca Center, what, what did you learn spiritually? How did it shape your relationship with our Heavenly Father through all of this? Well, it helped me understand a little bit through um, the prayer and conditioning with Chip and just kind of learning some of the areas that, you know, we serve a, a, a God of, of boundaries. And, you know, he's limitless and he creates uh, everything in existence. There's still boundaries to be to be met. And that's usually when you find your sweet spot, as sometimes Chip would say, what's your sweet spot? And I think a lot of the times um, in this day and age with mass media and all of the multiple uh, different uh, paths that are in front of you that you can take, you kind of have to take that moment to step back and kind of redefine, you know, what is the calling, what is the direction, and what's the path in front of me, not the 50 paths in front of me. So my spiritual journey, I think, with Chip really took me to a place of, you know, what is it that, that's natural? And and that's kind of the direction that I took with Chip, and it really helped me to kind of narrow that process down to my best fulfillment and what I believe God is calling me to do. All right, so what are those next steps for Edwin Deppner? So right now I'm currently working on a master's in mental health and counseling, and I'm working through a couple different uh, groups throughout New York City with the different models of uh, where my counseling would fit. So first is getting uh, a master's in mental health through a Christian perspective, but I will also be getting uh, the licensures from New Jersey and Manhattan in this program, which will give me a key uh, direction to be able to counsel those that might be looking for Christian counseling through a biblical perspective, but it will also give me an opportunity 
to take anyone from off the street who might be struggling with the concepts of their values of what they believe and what they think. And most people who come in for a counseling session have huge areas of anxiety about Mm. what they believe, why they believe it. Sometimes I believe that a counselor has to be just as equipped, if not more, than a pastor in guiding someone through maybe the apologetics of their belief system. And Chip has really helped me understand that I naturally come to conversations with people. The gospel is the center of it. And we work through that, that sort of huge idea, and then we build through that process in a real like community and a real organic sort of situation when you're building a conversation with someone. So my next steps are finishing this master's program and then working through learning different models and the modalities of how to create a business through the big picture would be a private practice, but also working in areas that are really difficult, perhaps like in a prison penitentiary, areas where men are really needed in the counseling fields sure. where it's actually really low. Women tend to dominate this field, and the area that, that, that men can really begin to build that, because a lot of men have different areas and spiritual needs where they need counseling, too. I love that. That's fantastic. Edwin, I look forward to a follow-up. You know, a year from now, or two years from now, when you get that master's degree, you get plugged in. I want to hear how the Lord is using what you learned at the Volca Center and how the Lord is, what the Lord is using, how the Lord is using what you've learned in your master's degree and put it all into practice. Edwin Deppner, thanks for calling into I Work for Him this afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. It was great. All right. Thank you so thanks, much. Thanks. Dr. Chip Roper, again, it's got to be exciting to see just being obedient to the Lord. You're the impact that you're seeing on people's lives as they've plugged in and they've listened to his voice and your voice. And hopefully your voice is representing his voice to, to help people figure out what, what are those next steps? What's it look like? You know, it really is. And there's a, there's always a dynamic when you sit with somebody for the first time and they kind of share with you what's going on. It's it's actually, as the as the coach, it's easy to get anxious uh, because you're like, uh, you know, am I going to be able to help this person? Are we going to be able to get there? And, um, you know, more and more you, you just realize you just have to show up. Um, and it, it, God works and it happens. And people go from ambiguity to clarity. Yeah, and it happens that's over a, and over and over again. That's a huge... It's, all, it's amazing to watch. So talk to me about, you know, what kind of... Let's go to, through some of the individual services really quickly that the VOCA Center provides. Like just Let's just label them out a little bit. Sure. So um, so we do, we do two different kinds of large group gatherings. One's called a calling workshop, where we'll uh, 20-minute TED Talk on one dimension of finding your calling, and then we'll interview a Christian who has really worked, worked, wrestled through their sense of calling in the workplace. And uh, so we do that four times a year. And that tends to feed into our vocational discernment coaching. And our kind of our primary product there is a, four, is a six-hour, three-assessment vocational discernment process. Um, so that's that kind of that's, – that's, those are two things we do. Six hours? We do How it. do you get people to sit still for six hours? Uh, we break it up. Okay. Good. And we'll do like four, one. It just depends on the, you know, we could be three, two hours or four, one and a half or, okay. you know, six singles. Uh, it doesn't matter. That's, that makes me get sweaty just thinking six. about sitting down for six hours. Okay. Sorry. Don't worry. Don't worry, Jim. We're halfway done. So it's all, it's all good. Um, and then um, we do an executive summit, which is uh, a little bit more senior in terms of the, the, the folks that we interview. It's just an, it's a, it's an evening forum where we interview several accomplished Christian professionals about their sense of calling and how they navigate the workplace. 
and do lots of Q&A in that, those types of forums. So we did the Executive Summit once a year here in Manhattan, and then uh, flowing out of that, we can do one-on-one -on -one executive coaching, and we also have something called the Executive Circle, which is a monthly gathering of Christian business owners, Christian business leaders. And it's really a, a, a time to for group processing. Of They're on the following their calling side. You know, they're on the execution side. So each each member gets to bring a business challenge to the group, and we we, we intentionally listen to them and hear them out and, and really try and really make sure we understand it. And then we share um, – we share, you know, kind of our collective wisdom, and it all lands with each person saying, yeah, and this is what I'm going to do before next month. So uh, the executive circle is, is that's something we do. We do some things for pastors. Um, we do a work-life assessment tool that helps a pastor take the work pulse of his church, and then we'll walk a pastor through how, how he can he or she can better uh, lean into that key aspect of their parishioners' lives. Well, and I, I want to go back to the executive circle, because you have yeah. a third caller calling in today that's yeah. a member of one of your executive circles. Would you that's please right. introduce to our audience, the I Work For Him audience, David Block? Well, I'm pleased to have uh, David on the call. David's become a good friend this year. He started, actually, as a guest, uh, a recommended guest at one of our calling workshops, and just came to share his story of... of you know, migrating from sort of a typical approach to work, which is mostly about us and winning, to a sense of, you know, trying to figure out what God wanted him to do and doing it. And so he's got a great story in terms of his sense, his own sense of calling. And um, as we, we, after this event, we just, we got to know each other more and just talking about how can we keep, kind of keep it going. And uh, really together, we hatched the idea of these executive circles. So it's great to have David on the program. He's the CEO a company called Prevenex, which is doing great things, and he's a good friend. David, welcome, David. David Block, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you coming on. If you could take you off of uh, speakerphone, that would be way great if we could. David, you know what? I'm in a conference room. Oh, um, can you, you can't hear me clearly? It, you can hear. You just hear a little echo. If that's what you've got, then that's what we're going to deal with. Okay, so talk to me about your experience with the executive circle, David. What is What has that been like for you? Oh, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been awesome. So, you know, you get to get together once a month with uh, just really mature, you know, God-fearing executives who you get to process problems with, and um, you just can't help but be inspired by their executives that are trying to, you know, just glorify God through their businesses and pushes you to want to do more, be better, Chip, than an incredible moderator and coach. And uh, we just get to some real, you know, real tough issues where you have just tremendous experience in the room that can help you see blind spots and can just help in so many different ways and just great communities come out of it and um it's been a real blessing for me for sure chip as we are talking with david block about his experience in the executive circle why don't you just talk again really quickly just summarize what's the executive circle all about and why is the Voca center involved well the Voca center we want to help people find and follow their vocational calling and you know when you're a leader of a business, you face some unique challenges in following your calling, because um, uh, you're kind of you're kind of in a you're kind of isolated in a lot of ways. You, know, you can't fully you can't fully disclose everything to your employees. Sometimes it's hard to to talk shop with even with your spouse. And you know it's it's easy to find circles where people will talk about faith, and it's easy to find circles where people will talk about business. But it's very hard to find a a, a place where people will talk about both together, and we bring those two things together in the executive 
circle. So David Block, as CEO of Prevenix, well, why don't you just give a little plug for your company? What does Prevenix do? Yeah, so we make premium clinically proven health and wellness products and programs. So things, anything from nutritional supplements, you know, multivitamins, probiotics, joint health, things of that nature to, you know, detox programs, weight loss programs, um, but, but all on the clinically uh, proven side, uh, which is a little unique in the industry. And we launched a, also kind of a giving platform where for every order that we uh, do on our site, we're donating a children's chewable to uh, the most at-risk in the children who really dying from malnutrition around the world, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. We donated 56,000 chewables in our, in our very first distribution, and I could tell you some crazy stories around it, how God's just guided and showed up, but, uh, but that's the, our company in a nutshell. In the supplements, all kidding aside, do you have a supplement to help guys like me you know, replace my urge for that citric acid bubbly flavor of Mountain Dew that would give me the same feeling but be healthy? <laughs> You know, here's what I would say. I mean, we have a meal replacement powder that would keep you full and satisfied for two to three hours and, uh, you know, balance protein, carbs, and fats that, you know, should absolutely replace a Mountain Dew, which is spiking your blood sugar, and then it crashes, and some bad things are happening in your body, like insulin production and whatnot. But uh, that'd be the best we have right now. We might have to have a conversation off the air. Okay, so let's talk about the spiritual impact of the executive circle, which is something that the VOCA Center has arranged, an executive roundtable discussion group around leadership and spiritual leadership and combining them together. What, how, what's been the impact on you spiritually being involved in this executive circle? Yeah, you know, I mean, so Chip kind of said it. When you're a CEO, it can be lonely. Uh, there's not a lot of people who can relate to what you're going through, particularly when you're in startup phase. It's a whole nother level. And just having guys and gals around a table who, who've gone through similar trials and uh, ups and downs as you have growing a business, I mean, it, it's just it's actually just comforting. Like you build this intentional community um, of people who really can pour into you. And I think spiritually, it's just given me, you know, it reinforces the, the real critical importance of, of voc- uh, faith in vocation. And when you have people who are, you know, Christ centered, who are using their businesses to do just God glorifying things. I mean, that in and of itself, you can't help but be inspired and want to be better and, and be more. And, um, and just have a, a group and a community you can lean on when, you know, maybe others can't relate to what you're doing. Um, it's been, yeah, I mean, just, you know, I, I think my faith in God is, it'd be hard to have more faith, but it's, it certainly helps with some of the bumps along the way. And it, it's just been a great blessing. As a leader, as a CEO of Prevenix, what has been the biggest thing for you as a leader that you've taken away from that executive circle, that executive round table discussion? What's been the biggest impact on you as you lead Prevenix? Yeah, I think for me, it's been actually tangible action items that I can execute so we meet once a month, and we each have a, the opportunity to disclose or just talk through a challenge, an issue. And I think it's really just the like, actual action item, knowing that you're going to be accountable to that group in the next month. And it's, you know, without going into specifics, because some of it's, it's confidential, but sure. like real tangible, like fruitful steps that I can take to help the business things that I might not even have seen, but just the experience of the group has, has uncovered as we talk through and process things. Um, it's just, it's helped me be a better leader in terms of just seeing different styles around the table and hearing different stories of how, you know, a person who's running a $30 million company would have handled 
uh, hiring someone or firing someone or, I mean, just, you just get that collective wisdom. Um, you just get actionable things that you can execute on. And that's been by far the most helpful thing. It's, it's helped speed us up and probably put us in a better position to grow and scale. And so that would be my answer. Well, how many employees do you have? We're small, four, four strong. We're hoping to go to seven or eight next year. Well, I mean, if you can keep it small, it's always easier because the more employees, the more complication. But as a leader, are you able to use your faith? Is your faith at the center of what you're doing? I mean, do your employees, if we called one of those four employees, if we called them and said, hey, what drives David Block, would they say your faith? They would. They would. And that, that's probably the most exciting thing because it's not not all four are Christians, but they would all tell you, that my faith in Christ governs and guides everything we do, from serving our customers to serving these children in need. We actually have scripture like on our bottle, on the label, not even on the bottom. We're just we're going all out, and we, um, you know, I just felt God called us to do these things, and and I talk in those terms um, without any you know reservation. And so yeah, they would say absolutely, and it's in our mission statement, it's in our core beliefs of just, you know, serving, being excellent, uh, having impact, uh, just just all the things we believe comes from that, and they would all tell you, they would all be able to tell you that. And if people want to check out your company, they can go online to Prevenex.com, Prevenex.com, so it's all available online, right? It is, yeah. Very You'll good. get a flavor from it, just go into it, absolutely. David Block, CEO of Prevenex, thanks for calling in today to talk about the Vocus Center. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Again, Chip, amazing as you're as you take it, you're helping people figure out who they are and and what they should be doing and in the, in the executive circles that you're doing, helping those CEOs, those leaders, those owners, those leaders to be able to talk with others who are also in that lonely at the top position and be able to feed off each other both spiritually, mentally and physically. That's exciting to be able to to know that that you're creating an, an infrastructure of spiritual leaders in the city. It's a it's been quite a ride <laughs> so far. It really is, and it's just a privilege to to be part of it. It really and so, it, and and just kind of blows you away to see how things are have been developing and changes happening. It's it's been really amazing. So, how many of those executive circles do you have right now? So we have one. We just have the, the first one, okay. and we're looking to start more in 2018. All right. So here's my question. Because New York City is not necessarily known for its spiritual leadership, now, and you've got two different leaders in New York State. You've got the governor, and then you've got the mayor of New York City. Are you helping raise up? I mean, can you let's find that next candidate for New York City that would be a godly spiritual leader in your city. Wouldn't that be a great thing? It certainly would be a great thing. Um, I have, you know, I have friends that work that focus more on the political space, um, and certainly, you know, anybody could be called to that from any sphere. Um, it, we have we haven't had we haven't had folks aspiring to that at, at this point that are engaged with Voca. Most of them are in finance or they're doing startups. Um, some in media, some in the arts. I mean, those are they're all big industries in New York, and uh, so most of our constituents over you know fill into. Fill into those spaces. Well, I'm, I'm just hoping and praying that one day somebody will walk through that you'll get the mentor that will one day take that position. Okay, so the Voca Center has been around for how long now? Uh, well, it's been around for three years, called Voca Center since the beginning of 2017. Okay, so what kind of results are you seeing? We, 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 you know, we heard from Edwin and Marcy. They were great results. How many people have you been able to serve in those three years and helping them really figure out those next steps and who they are in Christ? 
Well, we've been we've been able to introduce twenty thousand people to the idea that their work matters to God, and you know, an actionable principle in some form or another. Lots of large events, um, hundreds in smaller workshops, and then coaching engagements. Uh, you know, they're included in that twenty thousand. So that's quite a number, and. Um, you know, and we take, we go, we try, we really are make an effort to move from those large uh, conferences and other types of large group gatherings into some sort of a community of transformation. So, David in the executive circle, that is a community of transformation. And a coaching relationship is also really uh, a mini community of transformation. So, we go from the large group to the small group. And that's where the change, you know, really can be made to stick. And, and are you spanning lots of different churches? Because you got a lot of great churches there in New York City. Do you guys have people coming to you from lots of different places? Oh, yeah, from all over. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. So, Chip, if somebody wants to reproduce what you're doing at the Voca Center and they want to do it in their urban environment somewhere in the United States of America, can they call you? Can they, can they look you up on the web and get in touch with you? Absolutely. We'd love to explore, um, you know, share best practices, even explore, you know, satellite opportunities for Voca Center. Um, It's, you know, we bring together people from different sectors and we bring together kind of the faith and work world and the career coaching world. And and, and we're just, we're passionate about taking these ideas and making it real in the lives of people every day. Very good. Dr. Chip Roper with the Voca Center. Thanks for being an I Work For Him today. Great to be here, Jim. Thank you. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, God revealed it to me that it's my mission field. But ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, him.com.